we really aim to make this as meaningful as we can for the mentors because when they are fulfilled, when they are gaining something from this experience, the rest follows seamlessly. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I'm your host and chief goddess of the PASS Foundation, Annalise Corbin. We know the current model for education is obsolete. It was designed to create fleets of assembly line workers, not the thinkers and problem solvers needed today. We've seen the innovations that are possible within education, and it's our goal to leave the box behind and reimagine what education can look like in your own backyard. Welcome to today's episode of Learning Unboxed. As always, super excited about the conversations that we get to have with amazing innovators in the world of transformative education. And today is no different because we're going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite topics, and that is the value of mentorship. And joining us today for that conversation um, is Audrey Wish, who paused her studies at Stanford University to pursue curious cardinals, uh, chasing her dreams to not only help K-12 students unlock their greatest potential, but also to provide college students with meaningful work. So I love both of those things. Um, And she was also recognized in the 2022 Forbes 30 Under 30 um, in the Education and Youngest category. So Audrey, welcome to the program and congratulations on that accolade. Thank you. I'm so excited to have this conversation today. Excellent. And just to sort of set a little bit of context, and then we will have you dig right in. So Curious Cardinals is a mentorship platform that connects K-12 students to their dream college mentors to help them discover and pursue passions, gain confidence, and spark inspiration. And one of the things that I know from having done and been in the weeds of this kind of work for the better part of almost 30 years now is that mentorship matters so incredibly much. And more importantly, kids don't have a great sense of how to find the resources they need. Oftentimes, crises come up. I desperately need help with something. Maybe it's tutoring. Maybe I'm stuck. Maybe I don't know what direction I need to go. And honestly, if all kids had access to great mentors um, along the way, I can only imagine how the journeys could be so different. So start by just sharing with us why this thing, because you really went out on a limb here. I did. So, I mean, the story and how Curious Cardinals got started I never set out to be an educated entrepreneur. When I came to Stanford, I was a history major and thought I was pre-law, aspiring to be the next Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I wanted to uh, make an impact through the law and thought that um, it was beautiful how you could support and represent an individual, but could bring that to the court and have a systemic impact on not just one individual, but hundreds of thousands, millions. Never in a million years would I have thought of technology Technology as the vehicle to enact that impact. But here I am um, at Stanford. I was teaching English to a member of the janitorial staff, and I love that experience. Um, and then was sent home from Stanford due to the pandemic and couldn't continue with that. I decided to start tutoring, so reached out to a bunch of families. And working with some students, observed how disengaged and uninspired they were with what they were learning in school and how they didn't 
understand why they were learning what they were learning. They were absorbing and regurgitating what they were reading in a textbook. And so that inspired me to both, one, apply what they were learning in school to my own passions, and two, tap into the things they were genuinely passionate about in hopes of igniting their imagination for what they could pursue and why, and could cultivate a learning environment that got them genuinely excited. One of them asked for math help. I wasn't as passionate <laughs> about math, so I texted <laughs> Alec. Alec became my eventual co-founder. Um, he was an aerospace engineer at Stanford and started applying what they were learning in math to how airplanes fly. And fast forward, they began telling all their friends, I am a super connector by heart. So when the student came in and said, I want to learn biology and I love soccer, I said, amazing. I have a friend on the Stanford soccer team who loves biology and is teaching biology, whatever it was and so on and so forth. So it really, we observed on both sides with the students, this disengagement. And that also catalyzed a lot of self-reflection for Alec and myself, looking back as to when did we feel energized by what we were learning? And where were those moments when we were kind of disconnected or demoralized or not engaged with learning. Um, and then thinking about the mentors having this opportunity to remind themselves why they're doing what they're learning, doing. And so Curious Cardinals was born as a passion project. I was doing research for a professor at Stanford and Alec had two summer internships virtually in that June of 2020 era. Um, but we saw so much excitement on both sides and real just connecting the dots. And now it's three years later, we have 500 plus college mentors from around the country. They are phenomenal. They are the presidents of clubs, the winners of awards. They are so interdisciplinary too. That's part of what makes them so special is showing students, you don't just have to be hardworking and smart to be an engineer. You can love fashion. You can love baking. You can love singing. And these are really multidimensional individuals. Um, and to distill kind of the core pillars of what makes Curious Cardinals what it is, it's one near peer mentorship, two passion-based learning, three project-based learning, and four representation matters. Near peer mentorship, learning from a college student who's not too much older in age than yourself, so they can set out the path to where they got to and make it feel attainable. We were in our student shoes not too long ago. And coming coming back to that why, there's nothing more rewarding and almost even healing than sharing with someone what you wish you knew when you were in their shoes. And that's what we're making possible. And for mentors who are young people themselves, it's often their first time doing that. Second being passion-based learning, starting with students' existing interests and showing their applications in an interdisciplinary way. We live in a hyper-interconnected world, but often teach in silos. And so if a student comes in and says, I love sports, we say, I want to learn sports analytics or sports journalism, or I love fashion, want to learn fashion and sustainability or fashion and business, and really help them imagine a pathway forward that they get genuinely excited about and start connecting those dots. It's also about anchoring the learning and the why. Now that we're leading a full-time team of professionals at Curious Cardinals building this company with us, it's very important to think, how does everyone's day-to-day -day actions ladder up to that greater North Star objective, that greater place we want to be that we're working towards? And that requires garnering collective buy-in, making sure people understand where their actions are leading them. We don't do that process with kids in school. So, of course, sometimes they're like, why am I learning geometry or why am I reading Shakespeare? And so a lot of our learning is how can we anchor the learning and the why? The third pillar being project-based learning. Not all of our engagements culminate in project deliverables, though many do. More than anything, it's the ethos of project-based learning where 
I didn't do computer science in high school, not because I wasn't interested, but because I thought maybe I'll get a bad grade and it'll tarnish my chance of getting into Stanford. <laughs> That's a terrible reason not to. It talk. is a terrible reason. Thank you, Audrey, for saying that out loud. It is a terrible reason, but terrible. we do it all the time. Kids do it all the time, right? 100%. All the time. And yeah. so that's what we aim to do, detach yeah. that fear of failure to encourage exploration, because I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I had the courage at that point to try with potential risk of not doing yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and then the fourth pillar is representation matters. You are what you can see. I was one of the few girls in my honors math class. I lacked a lot of confidence in STEM, probably prematurely deemed myself a humanities gal and making it such that when I got a bad grade and didn't see myself in the space, I said, this classroom, this space isn't for me. And so whether it's your gender, your race, a learning difference you have, an aspiration to be a college athlete, whatever it is that's most core to your identity, we want to match you to a mentor who you can see yourself in. So you can dream big and imagine a pathway forward that you feel like you belong in. And someone who's been there before can tell you you do belong in it and instill that confidence in yourself. I love that so very much. And I just really, really love the fact that you put so much thought into the experience, right? And the fact that you're able to do this mentoring through sort of a virtual connection, you're, you're, you're capturing kiddos where they are in the moment in formats and platforms that make sense to them. Um, that's absolutely fabulous. So I want to, I'm going to just dig right in here, right? Because I'm super curious, um, which seems, um, absolutely pertinent, right? In this sort of case. Um, so first and foremost, let's, I want to talk a little bit about the mentor's experience, right? Because oftentimes amazing platforms and opportunities are created and we forget, and it does, and I'm sure this is not the case. So this is one of the reasons I want to dig into it, but we sometimes forget about the experience of the folks that are offering the service on the backside, right? Because, you know, I, I, I assume that your mentors and maybe, maybe not help, help me understand this um, sort of the business model, if you will. But separate from the business model, there's this other piece that I'm really more curious about. And that's, that's really about the, the folks that are doing the mentoring, right? We know that having great mentors change, changes lives, but mentoring changes lives too, right? So talk to me a little bit before we get into the business model piece, because I'm super curious about that. And I know my listeners are going to like, oh my gosh, how do we tap into this? What does it take, right? How does it actually work? We'll get to that part in a minute. Tell me, tell me about the mentor experience and long-term, what is your aspiration for this cohort of incredible people that you found in the world to do this thing right now in this moment? Absolutely. So our mentors are our everything. They are the magic that makes Curious Cardinal so special. And this is such a funny analogy, but someone shared it with me the other day and it works. They were telling me how you need to freeze your fruit because there's kind of an apex that the fruit gets to, which is like peak juiciness, ripeness. And if you freeze it, you can it lasts longer. I always, sometimes I leave my fruit too long, it gets and they were like, that's kind of what you're doing with the mentors. You're finding them before they are jaded, before they're tired of work or their aspirations. They're kind of at pinnacle, aspirational, passionate. They are in the process of learning themselves. And so 
that's something that's really special about the phase of life we're finding these mentors in. And it started with college students. We have some recent grads too, and we're really trying to figure out what works best or if a different stage of life per se works best for a different type of student. Um, But that's one part of it is that these mentors are in such a special period of life. And as I mentioned before, part of it's almost therapeutic to think, what do I wish I knew then that I know now? And so mentors love that process. And so we really prioritize making sure mentors understand our values and philosophy so they can carry that out. And I'll say that that's a lot of what resonates with the mentors. We don't do any active recruiting. Mentors find out about Curious Cardinals from their friends who are mentors, which is part of the beauty. And the stories we hear are usually, my roommate mentored and every day at 3 p.m. and 4 p.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they'd run out and tell me all about their kid and how much they love them. And I was like, I got to sign up too. So that's often what happens is the mentor leaves the session so passionate that they unintentionally recruit their whole friend group to sign up as well. And that's kind of an experience they can talk about and share together. And so how how they sign up eventually. So you hear about Curious Cardinals and then you hear we pay really, really well. We pay $40 to $60 per hour. You get to teach what you're most passionate about and they make personalized matches. So you're not only teaching what you want, but you're teaching it to this mini you. You get to say yes or no when we pitch you an opportunity. And then we are there to guide you. We have an, our first hire ever. Now, as I said, there's um, 10 of us, 11 of us full-time, was our head of education who got her degree in project-based learning at Harvard's GSE. We have a team that's there to support you, helps with creating resources, helps guides you, helps coach you. So you can take this risk, if you've never taught before, of learning how to deliver quality instruction. We say our, our mentors are not experts. They don't proclaim to be, but they can show students what the pursuit of passion looks like. And we will equip them with the materials and resources to deliver real quality instruction. Because the tricky part about mentors is while they are mentors and that's so human and so much about the connection, they are teaching them things. They are helping them work on projects. So there's kind of that tangible aspect. And that's where we hope to supplement them with our team. And then outside of this really meaningful one-on-one connection you forge with your student, uh, prestige we ascribe we aim to ascribe to the role of being a mentor, there's the community aspect where this is this group of such diverse college students from every background, every major, all over the country, and nothing in common except that common denominator of passion and desire to give it back through teaching. And that attracts such a unique type of person because it's the type of person you probably like viscerally have an image come to mind who are the people in your life who when they start talking about the thing they're passionate about, they don't stop. And it's like suddenly you want to read about it or listen to a podcast about it because it's so contagious. Like that's what's the common denominator amongst these this beautifully diverse community of mentors. And so it's both the opportunity to connect with each other, but also the opportunity to connect with our broader community. Um, up to date, like 15 mentors at Curious Cardinals have either gotten internships or jobs from parents or backers of Curious Cardinals. Um, people have met new friends. So there's just so much that has forged and blossomed from this community. And so long-term, we aspire for Curious Cardinals to be like the digital Teach for America for college students. There's a real badge of prestige to know you're a Curious Cardinals mentor. It means you are not just highly qualified and impressive and accomplished, but you're compassionate. You know how to make your ideas intelligible to others. 
we can trust you with sensitive information about what a child is going through because you can deal with that information with compassion and empathy. And we always say to our mentors, being a great mentor is like being a great leader. We encourage our mentors to start every session setting a goal. What's our agenda for today? Being a true driver at the end of the session. How did we do? Did we accomplish that goal? What do you want to do differently next time? And so those are all leadership tactics. And so, um, yeah, that's we really aim to make this as meaningful as we can for the mentors because when they are fulfilled, when they are gaining something from this experience, the rest follows seamlessly. So I love that you intuited that and um, hopefully that gave a bit more color as to how we think about it. I appreciate that so much because I, you know, my, my experience in this space has been the folks that I have encountered over the years who've really, really engaged in mentorship and they've, they've sort of brought it into the fold of who they are. And they've said, this is a core piece of who I am, no matter what I'm doing out in the world, this is something that's important to me. And, and I don't know what I'm doing or, you know, my life changes and I may have time for this and I may not have time for this, but it's, it's really sort of part of my DNA, the idea of mentorship, right? And so those folks tend to come back to it over and over and over and again, right? And they do forge these meaningful relationships that oftentimes can be very transformative for everybody involved. And that's, the, that's what I love so much about mentorship, especially, especially, and it's the other thing that I was, I was so excited, you know, that we were going to have this conversation because... Near peer mentoring, as, as we talked about before, that is even more powerful, right? And in fact, I would argue it is the most powerful past, especially in the, in the innovation lab and what goes on here um, and the way that everything here works um, depends on near peer mentoring. Um, and, and the kids don't necessarily know that that's what's happening, but the entire ecosystem was set up to facilitate that. Right. And the kids will naturally find themselves, you know, teaching others or co-teaching others or co-teaching externally. And they don't even realize that that's happening. And it's powerful because to your point, that near peer piece, it's much, much easier to digest for everybody sort of involved. So I love, 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 love that about the work that you're doing. And Thank so I, I truly appreciate that. And I'm glad you tapped into the near peer part because what I always say is, if I look at someone twice my age, when I was an aspiring Supreme Court justice, it's so intimidating. It is, yeah. Suddenly I'm like, can I do this? Yeah. I have to do this for 10 years and then this for another 15. And it feels like overwhelming and you can almost be paralyzed by all the steps. Whereas if you do someone who's a few steps ahead of you, it is literally digestible. It's like, oh, I am already thinking about this next phase of my journey or I'm, that's only five years from now. And so I always think like they can literally set out the path to where they got to and make it feel attainable because of that proximity and age, as well as the reciprocity of we are learning too. Our minds right. are still malleable. Right. Our paths are changing. And some of our mentorship pairs that have been like three plus years, as long as we've started, it's been sweet for them to reflect on. We had we were together when they had braces, when I was going to major in this. Now I'm majoring in something new. So one, it humanizes that path, but it also shows that people are constantly changing. Like you really don't have to have a 10-year life plan set. And I think so often people fear that is the case in life. Um, and I think it makes it all just feel all the more attainable, malleable, and human, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love that. Um, okay, so I'll, I want to make sure that we save a little bit of time to get sort of into the nuts and bolts about how does it work. So 
how do so we we understand how the mentors sort of come to be and i'm not surprised that it has become this sort of organic sort of um ecosystem that you sort of, sort of created of people coming and going and finding their way um into that because i i, I agree i think that especially when um you know folks get into college the the, the ability to find a tangible, meaningful thing inside of an ecosystem that can easily be overwhelming and that this is more intimate is super powerful. So I, I, I totally get why people show up for this. So I love that. But how let's let's talk about the flip side of it. So how do how do families find it and then how do they engage in it? What does that engagement look like from just the most practical sort of standpoint? And then we're going to flip this. I'm just going to give you a heads up. We're going to flip all of this and talk about how this might be applied into formal settings. Love that. Okay. So if you are a family, typically most of our families hear about Carrie's Cardinals from their friends or a lot of our parents will host events, whether that's at their home or they'll host a Zoom event. Um, where they introduce Curious Cardinals to their friends. They'll speak about their personal experience. Maybe their student will speak. And then I will share our story and our approach and we open it up to Q&A. I will say the stories are everything. It is a bit abstract. It's so personalized and meeting students where they're at. But oftentimes when parents hear it without those examples, they're trying to figure out where to position themselves to get started. So a lot of people hear in that very intimate way or on a podcast or seeing the stories in some forum. Um, and then what do people do if they want to get started? They come to our website, they sign up for a consultation call. That's a free consult call with someone on our team. And so that's a very impactful part of the process because a lot of people fear, I need to know what I want to do or how this works. And our goal is to simplify it for you and guide you to make this as easy and then valuable as possible. If you're spending time with us, we want to provide enormous value. So you have a free consultation call and our team will ask you, What's your, who is your student? What are their greatest areas for growth? What are their superpowers? What do they like to do in their free time when no one's telling them what to do? We really want to develop a holistic understanding of a student. And sometimes a student and parent do the consultation call together. Sometimes depending on the relationship, they do it separately or the student doesn't participate. So that's, we have some flexibility around. Um, and then we always define what does success look like here? Yesterday, for example, someone asked me, my kid is always asking, why are they learning this? But they, I also want them to figure out their interests. So am I on the academic mentorship track or am I in the exploratory journey? And I said, we will help you resolve that. But we do that by asking you what a success look like here. Because if you say, I want my student to feel more confident in their classes and feel more intentionality in the why and to discover their passions, we're, pro we're not going to make that one engagement that's going to be over-promising and under-delivering. We like to do the reverse. So we'll say you're going to work with an academic mentor, and that's a mentor who your student can turn to to talk about school, what many subjects they need help on. Again, it's not tutoring. Tutoring, we call the T word, because it's like a Band-Aid solution for Friday tests. We've had parents call us and say, my kid has an exam Friday, can you help? And we're like, that's not what we're for. We are about that relationship where if you honestly want to identify the root cause of a struggle – that takes time, time to understand a student's habits and tendencies, as well as not just like when you're on fire and the test is tomorrow, but what's happening over time or where the gap in understanding is accumulating over time. So um, we, I, I answered to her that might be an academic mentor and an exploratory journey mentor because we want to make sure we can really set these engagements up for success. And in that profile, we share all we know about the student and we share the first milestone they're working towards as well. So you have a consultation call. Our team follows up with the profile and the recommendation of tracks to get started, as well as the mentor recommendations. 
And then we hear any feedback or any changes and our team introduces someone to a mentor and they're off to the races. So that's how it works. Um, we have students that are K through 12. It's most popular in second, fourth grade to start, but every part of the journey we see value. I would say the younger kids come to us. The parents are like, I want to help my kid cultivate an authentic love of learning. It's often that age where suddenly their kid is maybe saying they don't like school. Um, that's your call to action to be like, hey, make sure my kid knows that maybe they don't enjoy school, but that doesn't mean they don't love learning. And so a lot of younger kids are doing exploratory journeys with us, learning about engineering, learning graphic design, cool different things, or working on writing in a creative way through creative storytelling. Um, middle school, a lot of families come to us in search of a positive role model for their child, um, whether that's they're struggling in school and starting as a young girl to not see themselves as a STEM person and they want to mentor in that subject to gain confidence and also, again, that positive role model. Especially with social media, you can't really control who your child looks up to and this is an opportunity to insert someone who's a positive force in their life um, as well as it's the perfect time to start exploring interests because then it's suddenly kind of embedded in your DNA, the type of person you are to be someone who has interests, who pursues projects, um, and is a curiosity-driven human and learner. And then high school, um, the difficulty with high school in full transparency is a lot of parents are so, and students are very college-oriented. And I always used to say that the distinction between Curious Cardinals and a lot of the other options out there for high schoolers is rather than extrinsic motivation, Curious Cardinals is about the intrinsic motivation. And that means when this works, it really works. Because if you are a student who is passionate about something, you are going to stay up late. You're going to work on it on weekends. You're going to do something phenomenal with it. But that takes time and that takes buy-in. And some people can lose that patience of just embarking on that journey. Um, I was speaking with a parent earlier today who was saying, had I not met you at the event and trusted you so much, I would have been like, are we spending too much time on this path? And now his son, who is a rising senior, um, he lives in India, got his his curriculum published in um, a school curriculum now that he'd been working on with his mentor. And so we as well are working on making that blueprint clear. But we can't promise that your kid's curriculum that they work on with their mentor is going to be used as the school curriculum. Like we are, we then that's what mentorship is. It's about connecting your child to someone who believes in them and challenges them and fills in the gaps of their knowledge to ensure they feel like they can do it and they believe, but, and will help them say, Hey, did you think about applying to this or sending your thing here or reaching out to these people? Oh, you don't know how to write a cold email. Let's work on teaching you how to write an email. They don't teach that in school, but at the end of the day, your kid is the doer. I say it's like a Sherpa as you climb Mount Everest still your climb. Um, they're going to be there to guide you and believe in you. And I think that is all the difference. Um, so that's, you sign up for a consultation call, speak with our team, we share a proposal, um, hear any feedback, and then introduce you to the mentor and you're off to the races. That's yeah. how it typically works. Yeah, that's really quite remarkable. So, you know, one of the things that I always want to be mindful of is that a tremendous number of our listeners are educators themselves. They're formal educators. Um, lots of teachers, lots of um, administrators. We, we have other folks that listen to, but honestly, that's the core um, listeners of, of Learning Unboxed. And so one of the things that I want to be super mindful of, but I also always have to sort of 
give myself a moment of pause, right? To sort of step back and couch things, you know, in, in the in the way that I really mean them. And in, in this case, what we know is that you came to this because because you, you started this conversation, you know, you, you know, your early journey, I wish I I wish I had known or I wish I had experienced, right? And I can't tell you how many times, because I've interviewed a lot of innovative entrepreneurs who've started really incredible things. And that's almost always the way a conversation starts. It was not an experience that I had, but had had I had a thing like this, imagine X, Y, or Z, right? So my question to you is the same question I ask lots of these folks is, you know, if you were going to be mentoring a K-12 educator around the reason you ended up in this space, did this thing, how, what would you mentor them to do? Because there's a gap that exists in most kids' K-12 experience and the need for something like Curious Cardinals. We can't necessarily solve that. There's so many variables in play. But there's something that's missing in many kids' K-12 experience. And, and honestly, lots of the teachers who listen, they listen to this program because they're hungry for a lot of the ideas that they can bring into their own classrooms. They're amazing, phenomenal educators, right, who care deeply about their kids. So what would you say to those folks? Such a great question. And then I'll remind me before we end to share how we work with schools and educators. A few things come to mind. One is the confidence piece. So I talked about the honors math class at the beginning. I ended up dropping it when I got my second bad grade. I forget if it was 10th or 11th grade. And I really wish someone, whether it was that teacher or someone else, and I had amazing teachers and went to an incredible school. So nonetheless, I wish someone um, sat me down and said, you can do this. You got two bad grades. It's not a big deal. Maybe math isn't your thing, but I believe in you and you belong here. So that's one thing where if a student is struggling, think about how you can take them aside and try to figure out what's the source of that struggle. Is it anxiety? I literally freaked out when I got to the test. In my mind, it's funny. I've seen it now with my co-founder, who is an aerospace engineer. When I encountered a problem I struggled with, my mind went to, you're stupid, you can't do this, you don't get it, and I shut down. And I don't do that in life as an entrepreneur. I tackle problems based on, but as a in STEM subjects, that's what happened to me. And I saw um, at Stanford, my who the, before he was my co-founder, Alec doing PSATs and his coding homework, and that's when he'd get excited. When he struggled, he was like, this is where the good stuff comes. And I was like, oh my gosh, my brain works so differently. That's where I shut down. Why did no why why is why did I react like that? And could someone have coached me at that point to shift my mentality or even say goodbye to the negative voices consuming my head? Um, so that's one thing I think like sit down with a student, really try to understand the source of their struggles struggles and tell them that someone believes in them because it means a lot. The second thing I would say, I will never forget in my um, junior year American history course, and my high school does it in a really unique way called, um, they put English and history together. Um, when I learned about the Grimke sisters, I was like, there were feminists at this time? This is so cool. And I remember some boys after class teasing me for being like overachiever, raising my hand more than I usually did. And I already raised my hand a lot. Um, one, that was so beautiful. And so like think about in your curriculum, I 
there's a lot of conversation here and that could be its own podcast series on, um, I don't necessarily think you have to take away the classics at all. It's just about adding in new voices and kind of making space for more perspectives. And when I went to Stanford and took a course on um, the history of feminism, it was basically like history through learning about women. It was so empowering for me. Suddenly, I felt like I had the historical context. I understand inequity with women and so many different gender problems that surface even in the cafeteria as a high schooler. Um, And so think about how you can create learning experiences that your kids, no matter what their background is, can see themselves in because it can make a huge difference and be really inspiring for them. And then um, I guess the final thing I would say is bring in the why more. It can feel, it's funny, I was working with this, my, my mentee who I was working with her before I started Curious Cardinals. I'm still working with her. She was an eighth grader. Now she's almost, she's a rising senior. And she was really struggling with a Shakespeare assignment. It was writing a um, contemporary rendition of a scene in The Tempest. And I was helping her brainstorm. And then we, I was asking her the questions, kind of trying to bring it out of her. And so I asked her, what is the kind of contemporary format of this? And she said, when pe- uh, someone kids are interested in each other, they write on Snapchat, they use emojis. So I was like, okay, great. Let's make a Snapchat dialogue. Let's use emojis. And then she seemed really uncomfortable. I said, why, why are you so, you not like that? And she was like, well, isn't my teacher going to think this is bad? And I was like, why would she think it's bad? And she said, well, this sounds so informal and I'm using LOL. And I said, well, at least what were your last few assignments? And she said, an analytical paper, an analytical paper, an analytical paper. I said, okay, what were they assessing there? And then I said, what is she trying to assess here? And she looked at me lost. And I said, at least she wants to see that you can apply the concepts, understand that Shakespeare is all about applying the concepts from Shakespeare to the present, and they are timeless concepts, that you can take this concept from the scene hundreds of years ago, and it can be relevant in 2023. And she was like, oh, oh, that's really cool. I didn't realize that. And it seems so obvious, but sometimes you forget that kids might just not realize why you're, what you're assessing on them or what you're trying to see on the other end. So, and I think a lot of teachers do this so beautifully. So I hope I'm, I have I hope I'm not uh, misspeaking or in any way, but um, I think that practice of really thinking like, do my students understand why they're doing this or what our intent here and how can I bring them into the process and even provide more visibility to make them really understand the why. Yeah. Give them agency and they will be on board with you every time. I completely agree. Um, absolutely. All right. So as we wrap, so last thing then, um, share with us um, how um, Curious Cardinals works with um, with K-12 with schools. Absolutely. So the families who work with us pay for our services. And so equity and access is really important, both financial empowerment for college students, but also making sure students of low-income background can have access to Curious Cardinals. So we work with some values-aligned charter schools and provide Curious Cardinals mentorship in the school day. Um, We also work with nonprofit partners and raise funding. And then we work with some other alternative schools in unique ways, which has been really fun. Um, Some of the educators I feel like I should introduce you to to be on this podcast. But for example, we work with Ready Lab at Colorado Academy. Mm-hmm. They're a really cool program and mm-hmm. um, they bring mentors in. Um, we've worked with amazing other schools like the Nueva School and um, 
a school in Austin, um, Alpha schools. And so there's other kind of schools that are looking to bring in mentors that have this unique perspective and it can fit within the school day after the school day. That's the way we can work together. We've also worked with schools and kind of being thought leaders together. Um, We want to hear from them. Um, We are very clear about our positionality. We're not experts and we're not teachers and teachers have to deal with so much and take so much on. And so, however, we can be partners with educators, we embrace and welcome that opportunity warmly, whether it's by organizing a Q&A for parents or students, whether it's inviting us to the school to speak. So there's been other kind of informal ways we've worked together as well as shared insights and learnings because one of the problems I think in a K through 12 education is it's so fragmented. There's a kid's day and they're working with all these different people, the science teacher, the English teacher, the running coach, the parents, and none of them know what all of them are observing. So we very much believe in, we would love to share what we're observing. We want to hear what you're observing. How can we work together and ultimately advance that goal that I believe we all share, which is doing what's best for students and bringing the best out in our students. Um, and so I think that's the, the final call to action. Like anyone who this resonates with, if they, they imagine a path for collaboration or learning from one another, we welcome that warmly. I love that um, so much. Um, you know, Audrey, thank you so much for making time in your day to talk with us, share the story of Curious Cardinals, and uh, we will um, post links and whatnot with, uh, with all of the show notes. So encourage folks to reach out, learn more, and thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Thank you. And thank you for such a thoughtful conversation today and for the amazing work you do as well. Well, I really enjoyed it. So thanks so much. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.